on this episode of Fantasy NFL Today. Live from fabulous Las Vegas Strip, it's Fantasy NFL Today! The frozen tundra. He's down to the 10. He's down to the 5. Field goal! No, 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 no. Ay, it's meal! Oh, God, this man's got a family! <laughs> well, I do declare, what an intro. Hot damn. Welcome to the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. I'm your host with the most, the three-eyed maven, A.G. the Silver Dollar, the big papa papa, A.G. Jermaine. You know how we like to kick things off here with the kickoff question? And the kickoff question is presented by Hoopball. Stop into your local Hoopball for great quality and service. Today's kickoff question comes from Stevie Krolikowski from Valley Village, California. Stevie Pans, dearest Anthony, who is your lovely guest today? Goodness, what an intro there. I don't even know if I can top that. I, want, I clearly can. Oh, is that it? Am I am I done? Can I is this it? Was that the whole podcast? <laughs> I think that about does it. I think you're good to go. Thanks All for right, your time. Go pack up. I felt we learned a lot. We learned a lot about these Packers. Uh, and we look forward to having you on the show sometime uh, soon. Thanks. See you next year. <laughs> go pack up. <laughs> <laughs> And back on track we go, back into the NFC North because we still have two very important teams to cover. And today we're taking a deep dive and breaking down the true Kings of the North, a team I severely underestimated last season, Mm -hmm. Green Bay Packers. And since I was so off on this team last year, I'm bringing in one of the biggest Packer guys I know to set me straight. And I'm sure he will. He is a director in development and programming for Eureka Productions, with one of his more recent projects being the hit TV show Holy Moly on ABC and Name That Tune on Fox. He's a shareholder, making him part owner of the Green Bay Packers, so he must know everything there is to know about this team. You can follow him on Twitter at N underscore Contino. He is Mr. Nick Contino. Nick, welcome to the show. Oh, hey there. How you doing, buddy? Um, what an intro. I, I, was, I love how you have to spell out talking, but not Contino. So everybody, it's N underscore C-O-N as a Nancy, <laughs> T-I-N as a Nancy O. Uh, no, that was an amazing intro. Thank you, sir. I feel, uh, I feel honored to be back. Um, and yeah, uh, I don't know if you want to dive right into it, but I, I guess my probably a little bit about me. I bleed green. No, literally, I have a rare blood condition called sulfahemoglobin mina. So I do, okay. uh, but besides that, you know, I do my annual homage to Lambo every year. Uh, and I kind of married into it. You know, my, my partner is a beautiful blonde from Madison, Wisconsin. Technically, I'm a Coastie because I'm from New Jersey. But I, I dare you to name a bigger Packers fan slash owner than the guy who literally bleeds green to a, due to a disorder. I'll wait. Uh, you, you, you tell me who's a bigger, bigger fan. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I can. And I think you need to make a doctor's appointment, get that checked out. I mean, people right now are pretty, pretty uh, scared of COVID, but I think you might have some other type of <laughs> some other type of virus in there flowing around. It's, it's a it's a it's a real disorder that I had to Google to make this joke, but it's a it's real. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, listen, I have you know, I have the confession to make. And you already know I was dead wrong about these Packers last year. Dead wrong. I admit it. I was wrong. I had this team pegged as heading down a path of destruction. Implosion. So I'm giving you the floor right now. Out in the open. Go for it. Say what you have to say. Throw me under the bus. <laughs> go for it. Because well, I, I deserve it. I find it funny that you like look like we recorded it for everyone not listening at home. We recorded a podcast last year and I don't know what happened to it. You lost it or t- tell me what happened to the well, audio. Cause I think you basically said we'd become last. We'd miss the last in the division or we missed the playoffs and Rogers would want to leave. And, and none of that is not happened. last, not last. I just thought they would miss the playoffs because you know, bef- the year before Rodgers, you know, we'll get into Rodgers in a second. He was coming off a career low year. His history with the new coach was like pretty disobedient. They were mm-hmm. butting heads. 
the front office just drafted Jordan Love, and he was pissed about that. So I just thought there was a lot of things boiling under the surface that were just about to, you know, all collide at one time. And if they got off to a bad start, because I thought the beginning of their schedule was tough, if they got off to that bad start, it would just all go downhill from there. But little did I know, that's actually the formula to to developing an MVP type player out of Aaron Rodgers. And you know, the more you piss him off. <laughs> you know, the better he plays. So I'm actually surprised they didn't go ahead and draft another quarterback this in this draft. I think they were just scared shitless that he wouldn't even come back. I mean, it was getting pretty hairy for a while, but it, it just feeds into his whole narrative that he just loves fucking with the media, right? So the whole love thing, you know, he had to be a little bit pissed about that, but he didn't say anything. Like he was very quiet throughout, you know, he might've done a couple appearances here and there, didn't address it. Um, and then the same thing with this past year. I know, like, it's it, it, it's weird, right? He doesn't want to feed into the hysteria, but by doing that, he is feeding into the media's hysteria. And it's, as a, as a fan, I love it. As an owner, it is so, so frustrating to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to be frustrating. You know, you, you fear as an owner losing that franchise quarterback and having to start all over with Jordan Love, who... God knows I, I, what's going on. I don't want to shit on him too much. It's not his fault, right? Like love came into this just as a kid with an NFL dream of getting drafted to a team. And, and, you know, there was rumblings of maybe a back end first round pick for him, maybe a beginning of the second round. And he went in the first round to the Packers who've been tr- who traded up to get him. And, you know, he's shown some great flashes. Uh, was it Utah or Utah state? And he, but you know, it's not his fault. And, and it just doesn't help that, <laughs> Rogers, who's notoriously fickle to some people, um, you know, has, you know, he turns his ire onto him. And I think, uh, you know, listening to Rogers now that he's back and, you know, the, the, the disaster has been postponed for at least another year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it seems that he's just very displeased with, um, since there is no one owner, I would say that it is with Mark Murphy, who's like our team president, who or I, you. Well, I, listen, Mark Murphy is uh, takes he's the shield for me. He takes all of the, the ire in my right. seed. He, but, he takes the bullets, but you're pulling the strings. Yes. But uh, because I'm, a, I'm a, one of the many, many beautiful owners of the Green Bay, Green Bay Packers, we get to vote at, just like we do in the beautiful country of America every few years on his tenure. And the, the summer last summer he came up for re-election and I tried to conjure Mm. support uh, on Reddit of all places, but there's a big Packers community on Reddit. And I was like, if I could reach these people, we can gain momentum and and, and go out. And the admins basically just deleted my, my request, which was basically like Mark Murphy. He he bungled the whole Favre situation. That was a giant headache. He kept uh, Mike McCarthy way too long. He's pissing, he's pissing off uh, Rogers and all of the legends who deserve a royal send-off. And I'm not saying everybody needs a royal send-off once they retire or they're at the end of their career, but just like cutting Jordy and Cobb and, and, and Charles Woodson, who just literally got a gold jacket yesterday of the recording of this podcast, like we need to do yeah. better and treat our people better. And I think that is, a, is definitely one of the pillars of, of – uh, not far uh, Rogers argument, but I also too think he's also fighting because he's at the end of his career, kind of looking at like guaranteed money and guaranteed years of deals versus the teams having all the power, which is kind of different with this league than all the other professional sport leagues where the, the players have way more power in, you know, guaranteed money and years. Yeah, but it's, it seems like it, that's, that hasn't been the issue for Rodgers. He keeps saying it, money isn't the issue. It's more of his input with the organization. I, I'd say that, but he also he hasn't done what, say, like Tom Brady has, where he'll take a significant pay cut so they can re-sign Aaron mm, Jones. Instead, who did that was uh, not Preston Smith, but Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith was like, I'm happy to you – know, if I could keep Aaron Jones by taking a pay cut, I will happily do that. Meanwhile, Rogers was like respect and all this, but meanwhile, he's not, he's not in any of his contracts. He hasn't given any back to keep other people. Uh, if I, you, my regulation is correct, but I think it's more about like you, you, I think he's looking at his end of career and how much money he has potentially left on the table. And maybe looking at like Mahomes's deal where he gets fit, you know, 500 million, a half a billion dollars for 12 years. But, you know, that only is about $142 million in guaranteed. And then after year three, he can be cut because it becomes a year-to-year deal and there's no dead cap money. So I feel like Rodgers is trying to change that. I just 
and it's great that he's using this platform to do all that. I just wish he wasn't doing it on the team that I own <laughs> as a selfish yeah. owner. Well, do you do you think Rogers kind of gets this? I don't know if diva is the right word, but you you said he likes the media attention kind of. Um, do you think he he kind of gotten this from Favre? Because we went through a lot of this with Brett Favre before. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I think the different, the major difference is that Favre was in recovery and dealing with a lot of substance abuse issues. And I, I mean, we don't know that for sure with Rogers, which I don't believe so. But I, I see. I think it's more of like a diva, right? He came in with a chip, in, and I I love him for all of this. He came in with a chip in his shoulder. He fell all the way down on the Packers after it was like. Who's going to go first overall? Is it Alex Smith or Rogers? You know, one, two, who's it going to be? And he falls all the way down to 24th. And since then, you think I think he just has a chip on his shoulder and he loves weaponizing the media to an extent where he loves the attention. And now he's like using the media to kind of help solidify his power and, and make changes in the in the NFL. Yeah, which is pretty, which is pretty smart. Um, and I then know, I can't. One other thing. I don't don't hate him for it at all. I think it's his right as, a, as a, on the platform that he's on to use this power any way he sees. I just, again, as the owner, it's frustrating. As a fan of the of the whole sport, it, it's amazing, and I hope he succeeds. It's a it's a plot line straight out of the final seasons of Ballers on HBO. It's uh, but it's <laughs> but it's it real really life. is. It really is. It really is. But was there so so as as a fan and an owner. Uh, was there any doubt in your mind, any doubt at all that this was the end of the road? Like, or, or did you know deep down, like he's going to be back? He's no, just doing this. And I, he, he, like, he had Jeopardy, the new girlfriend that, you know, probably doesn't want to live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Like there was a couple things going on there where, you know, I, I, I started to think, you know, he might be a, a Bronco or a Raider or something like that. I don't think we were going to trade him, right? I think that the front office was going to either be like, all right, all right, you're either going to play for us or not play for us. So there was either he was going to sit out a couple years until his deal ends, uh, which the last year, which would be next year, is now voided. So basically it would be two more years, but now one year left. Kind of like uh, what Carson Palmer did with the – was it the Raiders? Or no, with the Bengals. Bengals, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd probably do something like that because I know they wouldn't have, they wouldn't just trade him. And that's the worst part too. And again, I can't fault him for this, but like if he was unhappy – and wants to leave let's deal with it in-house and i'm sure there's leaks on both sides so let's just do it in-house we can get the biggest haul as possible for him if we are going to trade him when you in any sport if you do something like this so publicly it really ruins the leverage of the team and i understand he's pissed off and he wants to burn maybe burn all bridges scorch earth when he leaves but it also hurts as a fan who loves him to then go see him leave and have a great career, a few more years, another team, and then we have nothing for him. So it's right. it's just tough, you know? And that's why I'm in a really sticky situation. But when this happened 13, 15 years ago with Favre, I loved Favre, and I was like, fuck the Packers. Like, I, I followed Favre to every team that he went to and rooted for him. It was tough in that uh, championship game, when, or NFC championship game against the Packers and and – you know, I still love Favre to this day. I mean, there, he has his faults, certainly. But I, I, I'm the same way with Rodgers. He can fuck our team over, but I, he's bring, he's brought me so much joy and so much fun, and he's Hall of Famer. You can't root against him. I think as a franchise, we've just locked into two Hall of Fame quarterbacks that have lasted us the last three decades. And, I, yeah. you know, I'm just worried about hitting a dark period, um, <laughs> you know, if, if he does indeed leave at the end of this year. Yeah, and so, some teams, you know, once they get into that dark period, they don't get out for years. I mean, look at Cleveland Browns, uh, yeah. you know, the New York Jets. Like, you know, there's th- that happens. But it does seem that the Packers, you know, going back in history, they've, they've been – always have been a good front office uh, organization. So I don't see that – I don't see the Packers really going into this dark space for like ever. You know, it might take a season or two or something like that. But I wouldn't be too worried about it. But – Let's focus it into the fantasy world now a little bit. And while we're on Rodgers, let's let's stick with them. Um, so last year, he closed out the season with just under 4,300 passing yards, a career-high 48 touchdowns, and only five interceptions. So an MVP year for sure for the MVP. Mm-hmm. So as we enter the new season, Rodgers' current ADP in fantasy league sits as a mid-seventh-round pick as the quarterback number eight overall coming off the boards. Do you think this is where Rodgers should be coming off the board? Like, why aren't people taking the MVP higher after finishing as the quarterback three overall in fantasy, only behind Josh Allen and Kyler Murray? So I, I think the whole drama definitely weighs into it, um, of him, like, dipping a little bit. But I, I've been seeing him going, you know, 
his ADP like set around 73, maybe going in the sixth round, but it's still pretty, pretty late, right? Especially if you want to get Devontae in the first round, it'd be great to have that Devontae Rogers one, two combo in, in on your fantasy team. Um, but right now, I mean, I, he, he is the MVP and I will not take that away from him, but right now I have him ranked sixth, you know, kind of headlining mm-hmm. in my QB tiers. I have him in the, you know, headlining the second QB tier, you know, ranked above Dak, Herbert, Brady, Tannehill, and then just below like Mahomes, Josh Allen and like Lamar and, and, and Wilson. So I feel like there's, there's definitely some great value you can get for him, especially in the, in the mid sixth or seventh, like you're saying round. Um, I just think that his days of, of throwing three to four, maybe five touchdowns a game are are over, right? This past year, the past two seasons with the new offense, it's definitely run heavy. We've been running a lot of twin backs. We've been putting a lot of pressure on uh, Aaron Jones and and Jamal Williams and now A.J. Dillon. Um, And we've seemed to be more of a run-focused offense, which is weird because you have the MVP who is a quarterback and we have one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game, you know, lining up for us. But I can I, I understand what people are waiting for him, but I feel like he's the MVP. He's gonna go off. Like we can get him if you want to get him in the in the fourth round, the fifth round, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad. I agree with you. Um I actually like your rankings too, because in the rankings as they sit now, which to your point I actually didn't think about, I think his ADP is suppressed because of the, the previous drama. But I'm curious mm-hmm. now that he is fully in as a Packer, if that ADP will continue to rise. But as it sits now, he's being drafted behind guys like Dak, who has a shoulder problem right now, and Justin Herbert, who, yeah, he had one good rookie season, but we've, we've seen guys have, you know, a really good rookie season only to regress, you know, their sophomore season. But I kind of see the skepticism with Rodgers on, on the front of, if you look at his three seasons before last year, you know, he only threw for 16 25 and 26 touchdowns in those three years and I've heard people start to write him off they're like oh you know what he's not the Rodgers he used to be you know and then we already talked about this where the front office just went ahead and pissed him you know the bleep off Mm -hmm. to the point where he where he just crushed it so I do think there's natural regression coming like a lot of times we see the yeah just not like not I'm not saying he's gonna have a bad season just not a MVP type season because we've seen this before we've seen Patrick Patrick Mahomes have an MVP year. Lamar Jackson have an MVP year. And then the following season, there's a drop-off. Not that there's a, And you had Lamar Jackson last year in our league, and, and he, didn't, you know, he didn't really <laughs> produce to the level that you thought he was when he was an MVP. So mm-hmm. I think his ADP, Rodgers' ADP, is probably correct. But I do think if you're somebody that likes to wait on your quarterback and you're not grabbing Patrick Mahomes like a, like a crazy person in the first round or whatever, I think Rodgers is a huge steal. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, and, and I do agree with you. I mean, I the MVP year in the whole love drama, you do have like this amnesia where like you forget about the season before where he did not look like his typical self, and that's kind of where a lot of people started to write him off. And I think that then fed into the love drama, and then he went off for the MVP season. But he looked rough the previous season, and so I can see that of people have worrying of, of his deterioration and of his skill set. But this drama this this season is, I feel like five times or tenfold the drama of just the love draft. So it just right. depends on how, how scorched earth he comes back this season. So it's a big question mark. And I, you know, there are, like I said, quarterbacks I would take above him, but as a fan, you know, I, I, I love him, And maybe I, maybe I'm reaching for him because as a Homer, you know, as a Homer pick. Yeah. And I'm also, I'm, I'm also really happy that you brought up, um, this fact that I was, you know, I was about to say here is that I don't think a lot of people do realize that the team is run heavy because the yeah. news is so dominated with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and they're great players, but they actually ranked 13th in rushes per game while only 24th in pass plays per game. So they definitely are, you know, at the top end of the league in, in running the football, which leads me to my next Packer player that I wanted to talk about very popular in the fantasy community and very uh, rightfully so is the running back Aaron Jones. Yeah, buddy. His current ADP right now is he's going as a first rounder at the Mm -hmm. end of the first round. Yep. And you know, he almost left in free agency. Um, And I read somewhere that the dolphins actually almost signed him. And the fact that he turned down uh, South beach to return to the frozen tundra of green Bay, Wisconsin. I mean, 
that's loyalty. If that's not loyalty, I don't know what is. It's the, it's the greatest sports town in the history of sports. Better than I Athens. know, but you, better you know, better than Olympics in Athens. Like who who wants to go to fucking Miami when you go to Lambeau Field every day for work? I sign me up, man. It's the greatest sports town if you're a fan, but not if you're living there to like play <laughs> you know play football, but. But don't anyway, don't he insult finished. My people. Don't insult my people. <laughs> oh, I'll I've been there before. I'll stand up for them. <laughs> I've been there before. Your people are great. I loved it up there. Um, but anyway, Aaron Jones. So he finished last year as the running back five in standard and half point PPR formats. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I honestly think I know he's going in the first round, but I still think he's one of the most underrated backs in this game. Thank you. He's been super consistent since the Packers started to feed this guy. He has a career average of five point two yards per carry, which is which is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also coming off a career high in yardage. But we did see a dip in the touchdown department from him last year because, again, you know, Rodgers was going, as you say, full scorched, scorched earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was really on a mission to rub it, in the, uh, rub it in the nose of the organization there. So I think that kind of caused a little dip in the touchdown department. But I do think that reason alone is a reason to get very excited about Jones this year because I really think there should be an increase in his touchdown or in his touchdown production. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, and, you know, there's, that's the disclaimer when you're drafting anyone on the offense who isn't Aaron Rodgers is that Aaron Rodgers spreads the ball around. You know, it's very hard to pinpoint, besides Devontae Adams, who has the highest chance of going off every week, but anyone else, wide receiver core, tight end core, running back core, it's very hard, especially receiving-wise, I'm talking about, to see, like, you know, who's going to get the ball, how many catches they're going to get a game on average, because it's just going to fluctuate depending on the game plan and how Rodgers is feeling. So with Jones, yes, the touchdowns are, are they diminished a little bit last year, but we saw a lot more from Jamal Williams, who I love Jamal and I wish him the best of career. Oh, wait, he's uh, on the Bears now. Never mind. No, I, I do love Jamal. I <laughs> Lions. Love Lions. And he's, he's, and he's a division now. division trader, man. I, I have no respect for division <laughs> traders. Like, if you want to go play for another team, fine. But when you go within the division, I just that's just brutal. It, it's If I was in another division with three other teams that actually – were good then I would be worried about it and I'll, I'll I'll look forward to playing him twice a year and I'm sure he's just a nice guy you know he he was always out pre-gaming uh, dancing around having fun and that's kind of the the, the presence you want in the locker room so I, I do wish him the best but and mm-hmm. I and I don't want to call him a vulture because definitely last season the last two seasons we were kind of running more of a twin a twin back like I was saying before Jamal was a great change of pace back. He was a great receiving back. He doesn't run as hard as, as Jones. Um, but I, that's why I think, you know, Jones is now going to be receiving more. He's going to be rushing more. And I think, you know, we're probably going to talk about AJ Dillon a little bit, but I think AJ is going to come in to give him a spell and not really take over as much as Jamal did in a few games. But, you know, with Jones, I agree with you. Uh, mid to late first round, I'm, I'm still very high on him, and I don't believe it's a, it's a homer pick because I have him ranked fourth or fifth in the RBs uh, in my first tier. You know, I have him above Dalvin Cook, which is so injury-prone that I just – I cannot – bet on him i just refuse to to put my first round pick on him saquon any I, any bias in that no Mr. bias Packer. no no bias at all um well I mean, I, i'm actually glad you're I, I it's crazy that you put him as your number four overall but i don't you know i can't really argue against it i can't he i i did earlier on this pod a top 10 running backs for this for this season and i didn't even put aaron jones in my top 10 and now i have to i think i really have to reconsider that list, I still don't think he'll hit my top five, but the, that bottom five, I think he's flirting with. But do you think we can confidently draft him, slot him in as our RB one, and you know, you know, you're happy with that? Like that's always been my biggest concern because I got to be honest, I've always been kind of skeptical of Jones in the past couple seasons. But mm-hmm. the more I'm digging here and, and researching here, like I'm in. Like it's always those kind of like scat backs, and maybe I was looking at them the wrong way. I kind of looked at them more like what Austin Eckler is, or like those kind of scat backs that they kind of just dump them off to the, you know, dump them off to the side there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this guy's a lot more than that. So I have to start looking at this guy a little differently. I think I am comfortable if he's my RB one. A lot of times we look at Derrick Henry. You're like obviously, or like Saquon. Well, who knows this year? But you know, those guys are like the big, like the big bruisers. Yeah. Um, but. I, I, I just think as RB1, I feel confident with him there 
And as a late first round, and as you're alluding to, I think it's even safe to take them earlier if you get pegged in the middle of your draft right there, like pick six, even five. Yeah, I, I agree because I feel like a lot of people are going to, you know, like, like I said, I have them my fourth or fifth, right? So I got McCaffrey, Henry, Kamara, and then maybe Zeke, depending on how, you know, it was just such a shit show last year I had them. So we'll see. But I definitely have – so I have – Aaron Jones in that fourth or fifth spot, depending where you are, in, in a pinch, right? I don't, I don't believe in Cook. Saquon's come back from injury, and Jonathan Taylor gave me a fucking headache last year. So, <laughs> so that's where <laughs> until I have the a, end of the year, until the end of the year, where I was able to clinch seventh place in our league. So I'm really happy about that. <laughs> um, but like, kind of what you're saying, where he's he Jones is a scat back. I kind of see him more of a hybrid between scat back and like the bruiser downhill runner type, right? He can do right. that. You know, he has his is his beast mode uh moments where he'll he'll plow through this you know the the line the first run and then the secondary just just right through them and then he'll have a beautiful you know you hit him up on a on a flat pass he bounces out and scats around so i think he can do the best of both worlds you know and that's why i i think he's more of what we'll probably see in the future and he's getting a little bit older but i can see more where people running backs have that both skill set where they're able to break a bunch of tackles up the middle on a, you know, one yard dive or break it to the outside and, and dance around. Yeah. And I don't think he's actually getting that old. He's 26. Um, so he's still pretty young. And I actually think, I don't even think he's peaked yet, to be honest. I think we haven't, I don't think we've seen the best of Aaron Jones. I think that is on the horizon. I think it could be this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, like you said, he hasn't too, even his, begun his, to pay. Peak. He hasn't even been begun to peak. I haven't even begun, begun to, to peak. peak. <laughs> but like you said, another really good point. With Jamal Williams out of the picture, mm-hmm. Aaron Jones is now the re- the receiving back. Yeah. Because the next person I want to talk about, the other running back that's slated in as the RB two, AJ Dillon. He's not a he's not a receiving back. Mm-hmm. The quad father. The quad father, yes, I love that name. He might have bigger quads than uh, Saquad. I, I, I think there's a lot of hype. I think it's because it's the New York media, right? They're oh, he's got big quads. Look at Saquad. Meanwhile, up in the little sleepy, beautiful Green Bay, we got the quad father. Look at those melons. Father. I love you. Come to on the day of my daughter's wedding to talk about Saquon's quads. Look at my quads. The quad father, man. And I, I, I think I think the yellow pants make make the quads look bigger than they might be, though. Oh, uh, yeah. White shoes make you look like you're running faster, too. What are you smoking over there? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not sure how often they'll feature him, at least early in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but since but since Coach Matt LaFleur has taken over, he's always used the two back system, as you said earlier. Mm-hmm. So. I do think it's silly to think that that game plan will just be scrapped all of a sudden and, and not to use this man. I mean, he is hard to take down. Mm-hmm. He's just an absolute bruiser. He will run right through you if you're not careful. I mean, I really like this guy coming out of Boston College. He's six foot, uh, six foot, which is pretty tall for a running back, 250 pounds, quad father, as you just said. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just silly. Just silly. And I don't think there's any other running back that's going to challenge him on this team as the RB2. And the thing about him is we didn't really get to see him that often last year, but in week 16, he got 21 carries and produced. Um, He had 124 124 rushing yards and two touchdowns against the Tennessee Titan defense. And those right there, those right there are elite numbers. So the potential is there. And with his current ADP as a mid-late ninth round pick, what are we doing with Dylan? Yeah, I I agree. And you just gave me like, it started off as a beautiful flashback of that Titans game because I was like, this is it. Like our third running back is slicing up like the third best defense in the league. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And then immediately I got PTSD thinking about how we didn't win the Super Bowl. So thank you for uh, making me experience that. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. It's all good. I'll just cry as soon as we get off of this. But, you know, I, quad quakes, baby. Like the quad father is here to rock. And I, like I was saying before, like he is going to ease into that Jamal Williams old role that he had as a change of pace back but i still don't think he has the hands yet as as jamal did so i still think that a lot of receptions will be going to jones but 
he oh my god like you're talking about downhill runner this guy is, is the downhill roller you cannot stop him he's a steamroller you'll just get run over you know and i think fantasy wise and this is a fantasy podcast and not a packers podcast where i get to gush over my favorite players um, you can gush all you want <laughs> i guess i see him going like mid eighth round you know adp like 104 105 uh-huh. um you know right now i have him ranked 39th and he's kind of in my my fifth tier of running backs above like Gus Edwards or Kenyon Drake, but right below like playoff Lenny Fournette or James Conner. Um, I think he's, he's a great, great flyer, great option, especially if Jones goes down, God forbid, I'm knocking on wood right now, but like, he's the, <laughs> he's the guy. And like you said, we are running that twin back. We are very run focused with the baby face killers, uh, uh, you know, twin back formation. So he's still going to get playing time. Will they, you know, switch it up after everyone assumes everything's going to, to Jones, probably. But I don't know if he's going to have that big of a fantasy impact, at least to start the first half of the season for you to even have him in that flex spot. But I definitely would take a flyer on him and stash him for sure. Right. And I'm looking at other players around that time, um, around the 105 ADP. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there's guys like LaVisca Chenault, the tight end Tanyan, who we'll get to in a little bit, Marquise yeah, Brown, Michael Pittman, Mike Williams. So, for me, I wish his ADP was a little higher or lower, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah. like going later in the draft, because then I would have no problem taking him. But I feel like there's a lot of potential in that round where you could still get a pretty good wide receiver. Um, if you're like me, where I like to draft running backs early and often, and I kind of then I might get my quarterback or maybe a, a stud tight end there early. I kind of wait on my wide receivers. Mm-hmm. So this round, 9-10 is like, is you know, some Justin Jefferson last year came out of the eighth round. So, like, I think there's a lot of potential there than, than kind of hitching your wagon to a running back that might get playing time if Aaron Jones goes down. Or, you know, he might get a goal line carry here and there. And I think I agree with you. I think as the season goes on, I think we'll see more and more Dylan kind of like your boy, Jonathan Taylor last year, kind of took him a long time to get warmed up. Yeah. But I think as a, at where his current ADP is now, I have to pass, although I don't want to, I really, I'm, I'm kind of smitten with this guy. The, I love that name, the quad father. I think if I draft <laughs> him, my team name will be the quad father <laughs> credit, hey, Nick Contino. Um, but yeah, but right now I, I just have to pass. And then another back on this team, um, Kalen or Kylan Hill, seventh round pick out of Mississippi State. I don't think he is. I mean, he, you, nobody should be drafting him on draft night. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a terrible player at Mississippi State. He had over 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns in 2019. Uh, he only played three games in 2020, so we really haven't seen him yet. But his production was there when he when he played a full season. So you know, maybe somebody we star, maybe somebody we put add to our watch list, keep an eye on if an injury were to happen, even, you know, Dylan goes down, this guy becomes somewhat valuable, right? Yeah. And I think like, I agree with you. Definitely un- undraftable at this moment, but you know, add them to your watch list. I feel, you know, Packers have been really good with Jones, with Jamal drafting running backs late and, and kind of taking them as a project and seeing what they can do. Yeah, it's just a promise. And you never know, like injuries can o- offer a great opportunity and he can come in and maybe be a great change of pace back if we need to give A.J. Dillon a spill. Um, so, I, you know, keep keep your eye on him. Yeah, again, somebody just a star, keep an eye on. But let's move to the big show, the star. The big star that everyone loves, Not that's not Rodgers or Aaron Jones. I guess there's a couple stars there's, on this we, team. We're star-stacked. Yeah, you're star-stacked for sure. But the man <laughs> I'm talking about is the wide receiver, Devontae Adams. And my God, he oh. is just a freaking beast. Finished as the wide receiver one overall in standard and half-point PPR formats. Just one of the more consistent guys since 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of 2019, where he battled injuries for most of the year, he's been pretty. Con- he's been consistent and finished with double-digit touchdowns each season. I mean, it does not get more consistent than that. And that's exactly what we're looking for in fantasy football, especially in the early rounds where he's going. So, you know, last year, he had a, another great year, absolutely crazy year, over 1,300 receiving yards, almost 1,400 receiving yards, uh, and an insane 18 touchdowns, which was a career high for him. Again, like Rodgers, <clears throat> I hate to put some cold water on this. I just I think there's some natural regression in store, but not that much. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, right? The, you know, it, he was fucking unbelievable last year. In, in the last couple of seasons, too, he's kind of giving me glimpses of, like, basically you throw the ball in his general direction and somehow he's going to come down with it with both feet, you know, toes in, in bounds, right? It's reminding me of, like, 
prime Julio Jones, right? Matt Ryan would just throw the ball somewhere, somewhere in his vicinity, and he would still come down with it. And that's kind of what I'm feeling right. with Adams. You know, if we're looking at a fantasy, I mean, yes, he's my favorite wide receiver. He's amazing. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. But right now, looking fantasy wise, I have him as my number two, right, right behind Tyreek just because Tyreek just gives you a lot more with running as well. And like you said, there's definitely going to be some come down from his last couple of years of, of just high performance. So, I mean, but you can't go wrong drafting him mid to late first round, right? Like he's, he's just no. been so cons- been so consistent and he's literally Rogers only target, right? You know, he's going to get thrown to, I mean, what was his average target? Uh, 9.2 times you know, a game. Like, He's going to get yeah, the ball thrown crazy. in his direction. So you, he, you can't go wrong with having him. And you forgot to mention, he is now a two-time 99 club on Madden. He's rocking both oh, chains. He's looking fresh. <laughs> I gave up on Madden years ago. It's just the same It's the same exact game every single year, just with updated uh, player yeah. attributes. Yeah. But um, I look, I've seen uh, Devontae Adams play in real life against my Philadelphia Eagles in 2019, and mm-hmm. he absolutely smoked us. And I actually think that's the game he hurt his foot, where he you know battled through those yeah, seasons, yeah. Uh, the, battled through the rest of that season. It was on a cheap uh, shot. But, it was on a cheap shot, if you remember. There was two cheap shots on that yeah, game. First on, uh, on Jamal Williams on the kickoff, and then the second one on him. But who's keeping count? I'm I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but this man, I'm telling you, like even just seeing him in real life, I was I was just blown away. Like the size, the speed, everything, explosiveness. I, I he put up. I I'm not I, I I can't really remember, but I'm pretty sure it was like 170 yards that game. On like on like down. a janky foot too. And and yeah. I, I think we did we even win. I think we might have lost that game. But it was he yeah, he, he was limping every play, and he was still catching shit with one hand. And I think long gone are the days where people he. He also had a big chip on his shoulder, rightfully so, because he wasn't as respected, right? They would talk about Julio, and they talk about Megatron, everybody, but they wouldn't talk about him, right? And I think that now, especially the last two seasons, he has put himself as an elite, if not number one, number two wide receiver, and he should absolutely be on your radar in that first round. Yeah, and when I say natural aggression, I'm not talking about, like, falling off to like scoring six touchdowns. Like I'm saying if there's a drop from 18 touchdowns to 12 to 14 touchdowns, like big deal. Like that's not, that's what I'm talking about. Regressions. I'm not saying like a huge drop off, just a little bit of a regression in the touchdown department. But my biggest problem with him is just his current ADP only because of the way I draft. I am a Mm -hmm. heavy running back, robust drafter. Um, especially in those first two rounds, Every, anybody that listens to this pod knows that I like to get my workhorse running backs in rounds one and two, if possible. Now, if I'm on the, you know, if I have the early picks one through three, that's a little harder. But for me to get Devontae Adams, I have to be at the back end of the first round draft, most likely. And I, I just find some value more in getting that running back before I get my, my wide receiver. So I love him. I, I had him the year I won in, I think, 2016. I got him in the third round, and he was fantastic. So I would love to have him. But just based on the way I draft, it's a pass for me. But I can't fault, like you said, anybody that wants to take him at the end of the first round. And if that works for you, that's great because he is consistent. He's always going to he's going to give you double-digit touchdowns, and he's, he's probably going to get you at least floor 1,200 receiving yards. Exactly. And I think just the – piggyback into your point that's how you draft right so somebody could come in and maybe they do best player available or they have a different strategy but you cannot go wrong drafting him right <laughs> if the late late there. in the first round if he's there late in the first round especially if you're on that turn you can get him uh, with the 12th pick or the or the 10th pick and then quickly turn around and then take a workhorse or, or vice versa like why not you know you're well, right really the, the, bolstering the por- your team the points are there and i get that but it, to my point my philosophy is, like I said, like there's always a Justin Jefferson every single year, and those guys are always picked up between rounds 8 and 10. And I just think the wide receiver position is so deep. And again, although I'd love to have one of these elite receivers where I know I'm going to get points, I just find it much harder to find a consistent running back. Like if I'm going into my playoffs and I have Devontae Adams and, I don't know, um, another stud receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, like that's great. But if I'm going into my playoffs with, you know, two running backs that split carries for the Miami Dolphins, like Mm -hmm. then I'm in trouble, I feel like, you know. 
So I agree. I, I definitely, I would definitely not go Hopkins and in, in, in Adams, or I, I wouldn't start my first two picks off with two wide receivers. I agree that you need at least one stud running back that you can just put in that RB one slot and set it and then forget it, you know, so you don't yeah. have to worry about it. But I feel like if you go Tyreek or Adams at the end of that first round or middle of the first round, that's also a set it and forget it wide receiver one you can have in your yeah right lineup. right right all right well let's talk let's move on because this wide receiver core is mm. in my in my opinion very very talented the question is who the wide receiver two is going to be this year because most recently in the news once the dust has settled with the Aaron Rodgers saga apparently he dem- he demanded that the team make a trade for your old friend Randall mm. Cobb corn first on the Check in with there me it is. and do your job. What's up? Maureen? There it is. is this, we're still so, so, so first, let me hear your thoughts on Cobb and what do you what do you think overall fantasy fantasy purposes? Uh, what do you think his role is going to be? Is he going to be the wide receiver too now? I you just don't know, right? He's had a couple decent years to say to be very polite with you know his last couple seasons with the Cowboys and it was before Houston. Um, Houston, yeah. Yeah, so you just don't know, right? And I feel, especially with this whole receiver core, right? It, it's just a crapshoot because he loves to, Rodgers loves to pepper the ball around the field, right? So if it's not going to Devontae, who's his clear number one, and then the running backs who I feel the last couple of seasons have been his clear number two, who's the number two in the wide receiver room, right? Last year, Lazard stepped up big, but he kept getting hurt. And then now we have uh, bunches of Funches, Devin Funches, who took a year off last year because of COVID, but he's going to come back now. But they play a similar style, right? They're both big guys that can box out on a flag or kinda drag slow. route, kind of slow in that end zone where they can box out and get the ball. But they're not they're not a burner, right? Like MVS, who's our speedy backup burner. I like to call him the back burner. But you can't tell with him because, you know, in between plays, he likes to get a big old tub of fried greasy cheese curds whenever he's on the sidelines. And you just don't know (laughs) if he can actually hold on to the ball when he's wide open. No one near him 20 yards in a circumference around him, but he'll just like whoop and just comes right out of his hands. Now, I was very excited when we drafted Amari Rogers. Shock, gasp, panic at the disco. We drafted a wide receiver. Honey, alert the Gazette. But... With the Cobb <laughs> signing, I don't know wh- who's going to be in that slot, right? Cobb has that history, so he has that hip, that going for him with Rodgers, and I'm sure they can just snap back right into it like riding a bike. But, you know, how much impact will Amari have on Cobb's playing time and vice versa? I am, as a fan and I guess as an owner, excited for Amari to learn all the insider slot receiving tricks from Cobbs, you know, I feel like that's a great mentorship to bring them in. But like you're saying, with the Rogers drama, it sounds like Cobbs is is Cobb is coming in as a like wide receiver too, which I just don't think he has the ability to do that anymore. So to answer your question, very long winded, I would probably put Lazard, the, the, the Lizard King, probably as hmm. the, as the number two with Cobb as like a two B maybe. But I just don't mm-hmm. see Cobb putting up that much. Uh, of, of production just with his age and, and, and you know injury prone which I blame McCarthy for for fucking running him out of the backfield with his skinny ass ankles and he gets hurt he's out for a bunch of weeks he comes back and the first fucking play they run him is out of the backfield and he gets leveled it's just like McCarthy's a fucking idiot and I'm sure he Cobb is very happy to be away from McCarthy basically his whole fucking career he's been around McCarthy now he's coming back to Green Bay with the baby face killer Matty LaFleur, 13 and 3. Let's do it again. All right. right. A little, a little woo, a little woo saw on your end. Just do a little woo saw and we'll get Uh, back to it. But uh, okay. So I do agree. I think, so I think Amari Rogers was, was pretty much set in stone to kind of take over that slot position until Rogers demanded that Cobb comes back. Mm -hmm. So I think Cobb based off that, based on trying to keep Rogers happy through this season, I think Cobb is going to definitely start in that slot position. Mm -hmm. Um, now, as far as the number two wide receiver goes, I agree. I think on paper, the Packers will list, as you say, the Lizard King, Alan Lazard, as the wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to targets on the team, I think that's going to be Randall Cobb making him, you know, the number two wide receiver technically. I think I read somewhere some stat that, like, Rodgers pretty much dominates that targets in that slot position. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is with Cobb, He's going undrafted as of now. And again, that could yeah. be suppressed because this this just changed. 
But right now, he's pretty much going undrafted in most leagues. And if he's going to if he's going to be the, the, the second receiver on that team that's getting peppered with targets from Rodgers, I mean, this, <laughs> this could have potential to be actually one of the biggest steals on draft night. Oh, absolutely. But like, that just goes back to my point where you just don't know. And there's been, right. you know, as a fan and, and, and if you were a previous Rodgers owner, it could be Cobb. Cobb could start off the first three games as the number two made, you know, receiver, but he likes to pepper the ball. So he might have a breakout game. And I, I just feel like he's going to be that one receiver where if you happen to, you know, he's on the waiver wire, you, you pick him up or he's on the waiver wire or he's a free agent. He goes off, you pick him up using the waiver wire, you maybe start him the game or you have him on your bench, he doesn't do anything, and you just cut him because you need it. You have another need, and then he goes off the next week. I just feel like it's going to be one of those situations with Cobb. But then on the other hand, you just don't know. Maybe he will be the clear number two. It's just that's the part of being a wide receiver in an Aaron Rodgers passing offense behind Devontae Adams. Right, right. And all these other guys, Alan Lazard, <clears throat> MVS, and Amari Rogers also are going undrafted. So I think that even furthers your point that he, you just don't know. You don't. And don't forget about bunches of funches. He's still on the team, people. He's wearing number 11. If you see him, say hello. He's, uh, he's a Packer, so don't forget that. Bunches of funches. He didn't change his number to, like, number three or, or two or four or, like, I, I don't know how you feel about this this number change thing, but it is so weird to me when you see like on the preseason game that was just on the between the Steelers and Cowboys, when you see a cornerback with the number two chasing down a wide receiver, I get like so confused. I'm like, what? Like my brain just breaks. Yeah, it's weird, right? But I, you know, when I played the game, uh, big flex right there, former player here, um, I did find it confusing <laughs> that I couldn't be like whatever number I wanted. And I was just like, why? And they're like, because that's, the rules and i was like but that's a stupid construct that we threw on ourselves like why can't i be number 59 lining up on the wide well, getting from, ready to catch from what down? i from what i understand it's it's to help the refs understand um the positions on yeah. the field so like to, to you know if someone's lining um on the line of scrimmage that shouldn't be or it was just easier to be like oh that's a linebacker that shouldn't be there or you know something like that but yeah but fuck it's the just, refs <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I guess, but it's just it's just going to be, no, a, for it. me, it's going to be a hard adjustment because I'm used to seeing Jalen Ramsey wear number 20 mm -hmm. on the Rams, and now he's wearing number two. And I'm going to be like, who is that guy? He's incredible. Oh, that's Jalen Ramsey. I, I do find it funny that the <laughs> NFL is like, you could change your number. However, we have a, a million jerseys that you have to buy now because we don't want to eat the cost. So, yeah, change, uh, yeah. It, change the number two, but give us $6.9 to pay off the jerseys, Ramsey. You know, like, they're, they're, oh, they're so greedy, but hey. It's a money grab. Yeah, that's what it, <laughs> I think that's what it's coming down to. And the NFL, it's crazy that they're also letting them do that because I feel like they're the most, like, stingy when it comes to any type of rule. Like, the face masks, you have to, you can't wear two color cleats. You know, you have to have your socks pulled up. You know, it's like, but now Wait, they're just like, oh, free for all with the numbers. Yeah, but you know, it's all it's all smoke screen so they they can add an extra week or lessen the medical insurance that they give them. You know, here have have marijuana. By the way, you're going to need it because we're going to add three more weeks onto the schedule in the next year. You know, like <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it's just they don't do the the league and the 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 owners do not do anything. Speaking of an owner, that doesn't end up with us making more money. Right? We're not going to be like, yeah, just do it. Change your number. Oh wait, I don't want to eat a paltry $1 million in jerseys that are going to be on sale that we'll just send to Africa or a third world nation that needs clothes. <laughs> we, we, you need to pay for it, man, who makes 20 million, you know, a career. Like it's just bullshit. Well, I think that leaves us with one more position or one more player to talk about. Roberto and the man, Grande. there it is. I was going to, I was going to refer to him as big Bob, but I like Roberto Grande as well. Um, so Robert Tanyan mm -hmm. finished as the tight end number three overall last year. But although that sounds great, the drop off in points, when you consider the big three at the top, you know, your Darren Wallers your Travis Kelsey. And I know George Kittle was injured uh, last year, but usually it's those three at the top. The difference between the, the tight end two, who was down Darren Waller last year had 225 fantasy points to Robert Tanyan at the tight end three was 150 fantasy points. Mm -hmm. Now that's a, that's a pretty big drop off. So I guess you could say Tanyan was the best tight end of the, the mediocre group, which is the majority of the NFL tight ends. Um, but he did have 52 grabs 
for 586 yards and 11 touchdowns, which tied Travis Kelsey, actually, in the touchdown department. So do you think we should expect the same type of production this year? Or are we about to see a, a uh, you know, so to say, come back to earth situation here? I feel like he is blossoming. He, he's Roberto Grande, and he's just going to get Grandeer. Like, I, he came out of nowhere, right? We're, we're, I forget what his ADP was and where he was ranked. Like, you didn't know who he was, unless you're – and I barely knew who he was as well because I was looking at um, Jay Sternberger, Stern, Sternberger as like, oh, he's going to be the clear breakout. Like, because, you know, we had Mercedes – we still have Mercedes Lewis. We had just gotten rid of um, – Jimmy Graham, see you later. Thanks for stopping by. Um, another division trader. Another division trader. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I didn't even have really Tanyan on my fantasy radar at all. Now, the fact that he's now sitting in the middle tier of like, sorry, in the middle of tier two of the tight ends, like, you know, mm-hmm. he's basically Rogers' third option, maybe fourth option. And, you know, I have him going in the late eighth round, which isn't bad value for, you know, someone you consider who's going to be very active in that Rodgers offense, passing offense. Right. And, okay, so here's here's the first time where I, on this pod, I truly, truly disagree with you. Okay. And I'll tell you why. I read some crazy, crazy stat on Pro Football Focus that he actually forced zero missed tackles last year. Mm. Zero. And my biggest thing here is his targets. So he finished 23rd among all tight ends and targets. So I guess with his current ADP as that late eighth round or ninth round pick, I guess the fantasy community might be onto him. That might be why his ADP is so low. But especially with Cobb back in the mix and Cobb, you know, mm-hmm. probably going to be, be peppered with, with targets. I just don't see his targets exceeding what, what was already a low 58. And yeah. a lot of his, sorry, and, and a lot of his production was from you know, those touchdowns. So if we see a touchdown regression from 11 and not as many targets, I just don't see him going, you know, blossoming as you, as you put it. I, I mean, I can see that. I can see, you know, him losing a lot of um, catches because we do like to, you know, have him move out into the slot a lot of the times, but I, you know, the pass blocking thing is not really an issue to me. Like, He's clearly our receiving touchdown. We have Mercedes Lewis to just park that car right in the right on the line and make sure nobody gets by. So I have no problem with that. Park that, as that well. Mercedes. Park that Mercedes. Um, but I, 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 you know, I think I think we disagree on this just because he works out with Kittle. He is he came out of nowhere last year, and will he be a tight end, the, the number one tight end at the end of the year? No, I don't think he has the same skill sets as a Kelsey as a Kittle. But I think he has the work ethic. And he has the reigning MVP to throw him passes. And maybe Cobb comes in as a smokescreen. And then now it was just, you know, whenever we're in the red zone, it's just me going to Tunyon. But like I've been saying, I'm selling a broken record and a guy who probably doesn't, who sounds like he doesn't know what he's talking about. You just can't really tell in a Rodgers offense, right? He's going to pepper the ball. One game will be Tanyan. Another game will be Mercedes getting few touchdowns. So you just, you just don't know. But I do feel confident about maybe having him in my tight end one spot if, I'm waiting till later in the draft and stocking up on running backs, wide receivers and quarterbacks earlier in my fantasy draft. Right. And that's what I was going to say. He, since he is going later, you can grab this guy. And if, you know, if he does, you know, replicate what he did last year, then it's a great grab for you. Um, Otherwise the tight end position in fantasy football is a barren wasteland. So it's really not going to make that much of a difference. So, I usually start to look for my tight ends in round like 10 and 11 and 12. So, you know, if there was nobody on the board and it's late in the ninth round, maybe and Tanyan's there. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably take a, a chance on them, but I'm definitely going to add another tight end and, and, you know, try to figure it out as I go. Because there always seems to be one tight end every single year that comes out of nowhere. Like you just said, Tanyan last year. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it before. Like the, the, the this was a long time ago, but it's, a, it's the first thing came to my head was uh, Demarius Thomas on the Broncos that year. Yeah, like, yeah just came out of nowhere. Nobody drafted him. Nobody even was talking about him in the preseason. So we always see like, you know, that type of tight end come up. So I think as a late grab, Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're not, if you don't get Waller, Kelsey or Kittle, I I don't, I don't think he's bad, but I don't know the, the target, that target stat just kind of, kind of scares me. And and there is a lot of hype around him. Right. And like, I feel like it's similar to last year's draft. And I made this mistake in one of my leagues, like Tyler Higby, right. Or Yeah. Tyler, take me baby one more time, right? So he right. was going to be like, he's the guy, like 
don't worry about Vernet. You know, it's all about him. And then, like, he had a couple great games, and then he kind of just went pretty dormant. And so I can see that happening with, with Tanyan maybe a little bit where he's not doing the same production as he did last year. But I still feel like he's in the middle of that pack. Like I said, still still above maybe Fant, uh, Goder, Tyler, uh, Higby, which I just mentioned. And then, you know, maybe just below Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. So we'll, we'll see how he nuts out. But I feel like he might, at the very least, I feel like he'll duplicate his production as last year. I just, I just don't see him regressing that much. So that about wraps up everything I have to say about the Packers from fantasy. Do you have any sleepers or anybody else you'd like to target? So I, I will admit last year that I was wrong about Reggie Bagleton. And I, and can you, Charlie, Charlie, <laughs> I don't you, even know who that is. Charlie, can you play the clip from last year? Charlie? Yeah, no, no, it, we, we should, Oh, we don't have it. We don't have the clip. All right, Charlie, don't, don't worry about it. So my exact quote was <laughs> Megatron. You're, you're insane. <laughs> my exact my exact quote was Megatron, Babytron, Bagleton, because he was going to be our savior at wide receiver because we took Jordan Love instead of drafting a wide receiver. He was the he was a standout in the Canadian Football League, and we ended up. Uh, <laughs> he played like one game in Week Four, and then we cut him down. Are you making this guy up? I have no idea who this is. Reggie Bagleton. Everybody, keep him on your radars. Star him, add him to your watch lists, and don't forget about him. He's a speedster. I feel oh like yeah, he, he was a he was a real he is a real person. I thought on, you were totally he, making. No, that he's up. on our practice. He's still squad. on the team. He's on our practice squad. That's the thing. After week four, we cut him down to the practice squad to you know to make room for a few people. He's still on the team. He is a speedster. Um, I just feel like if, if we get sick of fucking MVS, just like dropping the ball because he's got greasy cheese curd fingers then maybe we'll see a little bit of the bagleton so bagleton um, here he is undrafted out of lamar college yeah yeah so so there you go i i do like like i said megatron babytron bagleton so <laughs> well there you have it ladies and gentlemen uh from a from a green bay packer owner of the organization go get yourself some reggie bagleton you won't regret it and I'll, also i'll add that we have an 87.6% vaccination rate. Uh, so Ooh. there's, it's about 10 or 11 guys who haven't been vaxxed yet. And I'm as the owner, I'm trying to make sure everybody gets vaxxed. So you guys hopefully can draft the Packers without worrying about an outbreak. Because I mean, who are we, the Vikings? No, we actually take care about getting vaccinated people's health. <laughs> Although... I know you're not joking. That's actually a really good uh, nugget to throw in there at the end. That's that's. I think that's very valuable to have. If you own any of these Packers, you can confidently know that most likely they're going to be there for you on Sunday. So, And then, hey, screw your division rivals, right? Oh, we're in a division? I'm sorry. I forget that there's other teams. Um, yeah, I don't... <laughs> I mean, I mean, like you just said, the Vikings, they're, they're the least vaccinated team in the league. So, I mean, that's, that's as, as bad as that sounds, but that's, I mean, that's great for the Packers. What did Captain Kirk say? He was like, Oh, I'll just have, I'll just have clear pexiglass around me all the time. Like, yeah, great. Gonna, so what happens when you're sit, on the fucking field, you dumbass? He's oh going to sit God. in a, in a glass chamber in the meeting rooms. I, I'm, in, <laughs> I'm in a glass case of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show for today. I'd say I'm a little more optimistic on these Packers this year. Wouldn't you, Nick? I would say. And uh, also, too, I would say if you like hoops, I bet you like balls, too. <laughs> well, buckle up my piggies in a blanket because I have the place for you. Hoop Ball is your one-stop shop for all things hoops and balls. <laughs> Visit our website for 10% off your next order. Use Anthony's personalized coupon code, Erectile Dysfunction. That's Anthony's erectile dysfunction for 10% off. And when you're there, tell him Uncle Nick sent you. You need to get out of that room. You've been in that room for far too long. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, uh, Nick has been in Las Vegas for the last month, I think he said, right? Last uh, month. On, on, one of, on one of his shoots. And um, he's been trapped inside of his room for the past four days. So, And I think that's starting the show. I'm, I'm in fabulous Vegas. There's a William Hill in the lobby. I just wish I could go down and place bets because I'm, again, I'm not allowed to leave my room because I'm under uh, quarantine. So Nick Quarantino. I'm sure you guys will be fine. And a special thanks again, Nick, for coming on the pod. Uh, you, you know, you had to set me straight from last year. So I think I'm, I think I'm on that path. 
I'm I'm pretty optimistic about the Packers this year. You, you, I'm feeling good about a lot of their good, fantasy players. Good, because last year, I mean, you call yourself the the three eyed Maven, AG, the Silver Dollar, the Big Bapa Papa, but you you, you make <laughs> I don't call mis- myself any you, of this. You make big mistakes, and I feel like as a guy who literally bleeds green due to a rare blood condition, I, I this isn't even my podcast. I should just be hosting this from here on out. Hey. But, I, I'm, listen, I make mistakes from time to time, but I've been pretty I've been pretty on with other ones. I had the Steelers win in the division last year when everybody was on Lamar Jackson and all that. Yeah. I had the Seahawks win in. I uh and I, oh, and by the way, I won our fantasy league the last uh the last five years three times. So there's that too. Oh man. My name's on that trophy. If you look hard enough. I just feel like your listeners deserve better. So if you guys want just I don't do they podcasts, might. They just, might. just call me. I'll pick up your call and I'll give you fantasy advice. Well, or they or they can find you on your Twitter account at n underscore contino, and that's c o n t i n o. So you can find him on Twitter there. Again, Nick, awesome show. Had a great time. A lot of funny moments here. Love to have you on again, maybe during the season. Not just Packers, but we'll break down some regular fantasy, you know, football advice as we go through the season. And yeah, thanks for helping me break down these Packers. No, I appreciate you having me on. And I know I'm I'm uh, silly and I bring the hijinks and the shenanigans, but I'm you know love it. Love I, it. I love I love being on here and talking with you and catching up and, and talking Packers football. Go Pack. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we'll talk to you later. All right. Love you. Bye.